There are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. This week on Inside Jobs, Brian, Jean, and Lee continue their investigation of 9-11. So, as we were saying... Once 9-11 happened and people started to ask questions about it or were unsatisfied by the official response, it took on uh, characteristics of its, of its own, as did you know a lot of other tragic events in American history, from the JFK assassination to the Challenger explosion to the RFK assassination, you, you know, all of these things that get officially investigated by the government uh, are the explanations are generally unsatisfying for a large degree of the population. And yeah, the challenger uh, mission to remind everyone was when they uh, flew a space shuttle into the twin towers, which I thought that was a success. Well, Richard Feynman did. He had all those, he had all those quips about it. Um, but, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Some shit about 9-11? Yeah, probably something People about 9-11. People were unsatisfied by the <laughs> official reasons given for the premature cancellation of men behaving badly. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of the, um... A lot of uh, government officials had, and, and people that you would see on TV talking about 9-11 sort of had this running saying about the kind of spectacular elements of the attack and that was that no one could have predicted something like this would happen no one could have imagined an attack like this would happen so there was no way to prepare for it i could have imagined when, it well yeah. you i know remember who, like, oh sorry i remember being in cub scouts about 10 years before this all happened and the we we're having our meeting at. Um, <laughs> and you were like, earning your predict nine eleven badge. <laughs> well, right, yes, pretty much. This is actually pretty much the story. And remember, they had Flight Simulator. Remember that Microsoft mm-hmm. game where you fly, and it was like a they would have three D models of real cities, and you fly around. Well, we were playing one of the guy's dad's Flight Simulator ninety one or whatever. Uh, and, I hope this isn't a euphemism. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a boy's game. And, um, hey, boys, turn. you want to play Flight Simulator <laughs> yeah. in my den? Yeah. Oh, no. He so wasn't there. It was just you? us kids. And we booted up the program and the, we loaded up the of... Eric Harris Doom levels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, 9-11 um, levels for Flight Simulator. Just imagine. The oh, first thing Lee, you are that we did, you think Brian and I are going to let you get through this story. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's not even interesting anymore. But the first thing we did after booting up the flight simulator game was we went to New York and we immediately crashed a plane into the World Trade Center. Wow. First thing we did, Jesus. and then I remember whenever when Condoleezza Rice was like, "We never thought that anyone would do that." I'm like, "Really?" Because my Cub Scout group in '91 <laughs> figured this one out. Well, you know, so who, you guys uh, did it. Yeah, we did it. But the boys, the Cub Scouts of America, did nine eleven. And then you, you know, and that's when you remembered your scout leader, Muhammad Atta, stroking his chin. <laughs> hmm. Uh, you know who else uh, imagined it? 
uh, the U.S. government. Because yeah. during oh, September 11th, segue, during uh, September eleventh, two thousand one, Niads and uh, NORAD were engaged in a countrywide war game. simulation war game of what would happen if someone hijacked a plane and crashed it into the World Trade Center. This is the craziest part about all of this, <laughs> and like, despite I'm what you sorry, think I'm about, laughing. It's just so. St- it's Despite so what stupid, you th- might think about all the conspiracy theories, whenever I hear that, it's just like, Jesus Christ. We, even if it wasn't a conspiracy, it was at least gross, gross incompetence. Well, it, it, it would be like if the day that JFK was shot, the Secret Service was running a test to see what would happen if a lone gunman in the Texas School Book Depository shot at the president in Dealey Plaza. Okay, but as Lee just proved, if you have a flight simulator, whether it's a Microsoft flight simulator for your PC or, or whatever supercomputer NORAD has, the first thing you do is, let's see what happen when, happens when the plane hits a building. Yes, or when exactly. uh, or when you, uh, you can get a plane in um, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you do. So, you know, maybe John Norad Jr. was uh, just playing with the flight yeah. simulator at Take Your and Kid the to reason work. why, And the reason why you crash all the time in GTA is because the flight mechanic is so fucking horrible. Cause it's yeah, it's impossible game. to fly crash. a plane on but, uh, I so hope they fix of, that in the next one. A lot of conspiracy theorists um, point to this, this uh, coincidence as more than a coincidence, as evidence that the government or the NWO or whatever shady element of the government was actually responsible for 9-11 had chosen this day specifically to be the day of the test in order to foster confusion among NAADS and NORAD and the other uh, government agencies that were running the test. And And there was a lot. And there was. If you listen to um, some of the... uh, routed communications between um, some of the people that were monitoring this war game, it's often interesting because someone will say, you know, we just lost, we just like, well, lost flight 11 over the Hudson river and the guy will come back. Is, is this real life or is this the, is this a test? It was, he just went to the dentist office <laughs> and his name was David and he was really drugged up and he was wondering if it was real life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, now I get it. It was like Gene during an MK Ultra episode. Yeah. Uh, but um, but uh, so you, so yeah, the coincidence there is, you know, essentially inexplic- inexplicable if you're trying to disprove uh, a conspiracy theory because it's some crazy shit. It is really, it is really, really crazy. It's kind of like uh, you know, there are other events similar to this, but you know, not exactly like how there was a book written about a ship called titan that yeah. was supposed to be unsinkable and right. it hit a, hit a glacier or it hit an iceberg and sank and then a couple years later that happened to the titanic but yeah this was a test that was supposedly being run during uh the september 11th attacks and a lot of conspiracy theorists will say like look at the confusion it caused with a, when the president authorized jets to shoot down commercial airliners that were suspected of being hijacked uh they weren't able to get there in time because of it and while that seems like a reasonable explanation, the effort to scramble jets to intercept a commercial airliner uh, is actually a, not a successful thing. Uh, in the 10 years 
prior to 9-11 in all of the attempts to scramble jets in order to intercept planes that may or may not have had problems or something uh it it was only successful once a and jet that was, was in flight simulator 91 <laughs> that was the one what? time beetle bailey didn't get stuck in the hammock as he was trying to get out plane. <laughs> it was the one time it was the one time the rocketeer was on the case yeah. Um, it, it only, it only happened one time. And, uh, how, can you, can you guys guess how long it took for the scrambled jet to intercept the commercial airliner? Nine minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, I don't have any other guesses. That's the only guess. Uh, 76 minutes. It took an, almost an hour and 15 minutes, uh, for this jet to intercept. And, with all of the 9-11 hijacked planes, each of them were discovered to have been hijacked and then crashed wherever their final destination was within 20 minutes. In one case, in, uh, in the case of Flight 175, that was the second plane to crash into the South Tower of the World Trade Center, uh, the jet was scrambled and within nine minutes the the plane had crashed into the world trade center and it still took another six minutes for the jet to even come close to manhattan one of the jets is they were on a clock which means they knew our response time to a 211 had our air immobilized it entered it and escaped yeah sorry that was uh al pacino from heat Oh, and Muhammad Atta is, is heard on the cockpit recorder saying, She has a great ass! <laughs> um, God, remember that scene where Bush and Muhammad Atta meet at the diner? Yeah, meet at the diner to discuss yeah. uh, how he won't hesitate for a second if he has to go after him. And remember that time they But then he turned bench. out to hesitate for seven minutes reading a children's yeah. book about a goat. I will take you down. <laughs> I won't hesitate. <laughs> Um, so I don't want to uh, wait for my life to be over. <laughs> an, an, another conspiracy related to the scrambling of jets is um, this kind of kind of weird theory that you'll see about a lot on the internet, and like about not being a lot. Exactly. No, uh, it's about a, it's a nine eleven conspiracy theory that not being a nine eleven truth aficionado or truth or anything like that i had never heard of but this guy um mineta he was the transportation secretary during the 2000 uh during 2001 he testified before the 9-11 commission that when he got into this bunker area where dick cheney was there was an aide telling cheney oh, the plane is 50 miles out the plane is 40 miles out 30 miles and this was the plane that eventually crashed into uh, the Pentagon and conspiracy theorists say that if you listen to this uh, to this testimony, you can hear Mineta saying that it was a stand down order that Dick Cheney had told this aide that he wanted all jets to stand down and yeah, not intercept too. this this case, which is just totally insane. If you actually listen to the entire testimony, it's clear that Cheney is talking about. Uh, when when he says like the order still stands, it's clear that he is talking it's about. Clear he's talking about the spoonful of baby food that was slowly making its way to Dick Cheney's mouth. <laughs> then he shot the guy in the face. The plane is fifty miles out. Who's hungry? <laughs> the plane is yeah. fifty miles out. He's like, make it go. Further. It was a, it, 
It was actually a spoonful of melted butter, and he knew that if it reached his mouth, he would have an immediate heart attack. Um, but uh, but but yeah. yeah if a- they were gonna assassinate Dick Cheney, the best method would be to let him eat whatever he wants. I heard. I heard that. Uh, so, so Dick Cheney had what five heart attacks lifetime, but when he had his first all one, with he hearts. Though. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> when he had his first heart attack, he was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day. He had his first heart attack at the age of nineteen. No, I think he was legitimately like thirty-five. Uh, oh, angler. Wow. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, this conspiracy theory claims that Dick Cheney was telling this aide not to intercept the plane, but in actuality, it's the exact opposite. He was telling the aide that if the jet could scramble in time to intercept the plane, they were authorized to shoot it down, which wasn't even Cheney's order. He was just reiterating an order from President Bush. Brian, isn't it funny, as we've been investigating and doing these 20 some odd, 21 some odd episodes, how often a conspiracy theory... It's not that it's a little bit off or just a little facts are wrong. It's that it's the complete opposite of what the conspiracy theory is. It is just an absolute lie. And that both sides of the of the, 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 the conspiracy line, the debunkers and the truthers or whatever, they always quote that Hitler thing that it's like the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. And, and Hitler um, never said that. Did he never say that? No, it was Goebbels. Oh, okay. Same guy. As Hitler once said, my buddy Goebbels once said this awesome thing. <laughs> the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Um, but I think the biggest, uh, the biggest conspiracy about the sort of physics of nine eleven uh, is that the World Trade Center was brought down by a controlled demolition. Uh, have have you guys ever heard someone legitimately endorse this uh, this view? Yes, I've heard, uh, I've heard myself. Really? Oh yeah. Who who are you explaining it to? Uh, first date? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's it's been uh, in it's someone else has endorsed it. I'm skeptical. I'm waiting until the end of this episode when I've gathered all the facts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Lee, when when someone was telling you, what did they say? Were you talking well, to Rosie O'Donnell? My friend, who shall remain nameless, um, Let's brought say some her name blows. is Sheree. <laughs> yeah. He Let's say some, his name is Brian. <laughs> he brought some blow to this party and um, freaked out the girl who was having the party because he was doing blow at a party. And so we left and walked around Santa Cruz for, like... Eight hours while he was just like blowed out, explaining how 9/11 was an inside job to me because, and he had just watched the first edition of Loose Change. Ooh, um, that's a dangerous and, time in anyone's life. Yes, and and I had just been like got really into the JFK conspiracies and had been like reading a bunch of JFK conspiracy books and believed a bunch of stuff that I don't believe anymore and. Um, well, I better put it this way. I believed it at the time, but then I did some research and now I know it to not be true. Um, and we just walked around for like eight hours and uh, told each other conspiracy theories about things that uh, aren't real. And um, um, yeah, he just uh, he said it was a controlled demolition and that um, that the 
that it was the longest fire that had ever been in a building and that but other buildings had been on fire and not fallen down and that um, there was explosions in building seven before the other plane crashed and that they found this explosive material in building seven but it was never investigated and that you can see Brian's face and the explosion of 9-11. <laughs> uh, you know, it was this was like almost 10 years ago so it was just... yeah so so essentially essentially the claim is that if you, uh so in new york city two planes there are buildings th- yes there are a lot of sky- skyscrapers especially in downtown uh two planes hit the two world trade center twin towers but those are just one and two of a series of seven buildings in the area and world trade center seven at 5 p.m that evening uh, of 9 11 also collapsed and there's a lot uh, of important shit going on in that building it was like giuliani's it was Julian response yeah. area there was also well, there was a government agency that had uh, cia operation. department of defense irs all these government agencies there was a coffee rented- bean <laughs> rented out the uh, rented out World Trade Center. Seven. It's pretty fishy that that yeah. place went down. But. Newman's Millennium Party was supposed to be there too. Yeah, the Newmanium, which he had accidentally <laughs> scheduled for 2001 instead of 2000. September of 2001 yeah. too. Um, it was because it's cheaper to rent out. At that yeah, point. that was the only date Christopher Cross was available. <laughs> Up top. Um. Oh God! What was that? Okay, so so if you watch the uh, the World Trade Centers collapse, they collapse in this sort of pancaking way that very much resembles the collapse of a building in a controlled demolition. Very much resembles the collapse of pancakes <laughs> into my As belly. Gene eats them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, a lot of people who look at this footage say uh, a couple of things. First of all, if you watch the footage slowed down. As the building is collapsing, you can see uh, expulsions of dust or <laughs> other material. You can see George Bush high-stepping to- high away with a bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> you can see George Bush pushing down on a demolition plunger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, you can at, at, at various points along the building, you can see these exp- expulsions of dust or what looked like possibly an explosion, but maybe 24 floors below where the collapse is happening. And people say this is evidence of uh, explosives going off. They are blasting material out of the, um, out of the building as it's being de- uh, demolished. However, uh, demolished, demolished. However, if you study uh, the physics of the the way that the world trade center is built it it makes a lot more sense that this is what happened um because a lot of people who will claim that it was a controlled demolition will point out that fire can't melt steel uh steel burns at a really it's 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 one of the you know most durable alloys that exist right and that is a typical rochambeau rule that um fire cannot beat steel right exactly Oh, I just fucking did it. God damn it. Uh, precisely, Lee. Uh, but uh, it, it, it wasn't necessary for the steel to be melted uh, by the fire. It was just weakened. Because when the planes each crashed into the building, the steel um, trusses that 
made up the core area of the World Trade Center's towers uh, were coated in flame-resistant and flame-retardant material. However, when the planes crashed into them, all of that material blew off of the steel trusses. So it was just naked steel exposed to these fires. And as the fires burned hotter and hotter and hotter... I love that Nicki Minaj album, by the way, Naked Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds more like a Melanie Griffith movie from 1987. (laughs) Uh... Uh, the steel weakened, and the steel didn't need to break. It didn't need to melt. It just needed to become weakened to the point that it couldn't support all of the floors above it. At which point, the building started to collapse, and all of this excessive weight at, that was pushing down uh, as it collapsed caused subsequent floors to also collapse. But and Brian, so you're ignoring one thing. What? What you're saying right now is hella fucking boring. And it's way more interesting that there's, like, no, George Bush was there with a plunger blowing shit up. (laughs) It's weird that George Bush grew that mustache just for one day. (laughs) Inside his copy of My Pet Goat was a manual on how to blow up the World Trade Center. Yeah, if you look closely at the picture, the pet goat cover is just wrapped around the... uh, uh, anarchist cookbook yeah. that he was reading in front of those children. <laughs> He's teaching them how to make Molotov cocktails. <laughs> how um, to bank things. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Ooh-la-la. that it's boring, but it's uh, explaining the physics Ooh-la-la. of this nonsense in the face of people just going off about what they see as controlled uh, demolitions is going to be a little bit boring. But um, those expulsions of dust that I mentioned earlier are just the fact that as the thing is collapsing, all these shafts of air that are in like the elevator or in other, you know, ventilation areas of the building are, are, it's simple physics. They're being forced out at a great, at a great rate outside of the building. And that's what you're seeing. Uh, You're actually seeing seeing Bruce Willis being blown out of an air shaft. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. he, He. he went out for the, to the coast to have a few laughs, yeah. and then he was just blown out of the air shaft. Out of the coast, have a few laughs. Yeah, it's blowing out at a very low rate. Um, and as a Jewish person, I can tell you, I love low rates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jesus Christ, bravo. Um, and then, as far as World Trade Center Seven, uh, it did burn for a long period of time, but that's because it had diesel engines inside the building that were all. Uh, hit by flammable material uh, or, or material that was on fire that fell off of the Twin Towers onto the building. And additionally, if you just fucking look at the pictures of the building, a huge portion of it is totally destroyed by falling material early in the morning. And eventually the support of the building as the weight was redistrib- redistributed, uh, eventually it just gave out and that's why it collapsed. But there's one thing that both the truthers and the debunkers can agree on, Brian. Hmm. And that's that firemen are super hot. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, that's honestly, doing all this research, I just can't fucking imagine what it would have been like on like a pretty warm day to put on 100 pounds of material and then run upstairs, run up 78 or 80 something flights of stairs no i mean like they're hot like they're really doable like chicks chicks like fire oh oh i you're talking to a man with quite a few calendars my friend (laughs) the Uh, firemen of 9-11 calendars oh god (laughs) 
<laughs> sexy first responder. By the way, that Nicolas Cage movie, the one with the one that Oliver Stone directed. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Why was that made? Uh, I have no idea. And why was it not like a? That's the weirdest thing is you would think that Oliver Stone would make a 9/11 movie that would be like George Bush with a mustache and a plunger, but it's like nope. It's just like two hours of Nicolas Cage under rubble. Yeah, it's one of the less crazy Nicolas Cage movies mm-hmm. somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have had Werner Herzog do it instead. Yeah. Then it would have just been like him doing coke and fighting with the Komodo dragon. Yeah. Aren't you just talking about Port of Call, New Orleans? Uh, no, I'm talking about Aguirre, Wrath of God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so those are some of the main conspiracies related to the you know stuff we actually saw. But like I mentioned at the top of the episode, a lot of truthers, like some of the crazier truthers, just refuse to believe a lot of this scientific information and they'll point and if you watch loose change the movie or a lot of these other movies that are available on youtube and vimeo people people will take um comments made like in the moment so there will be news footage from you know like 9 a.m on 9 11 where people are shouting things because they, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, they, well, they don't know what the fuck's happening. It's terrifying. They're running away from de- falling debris and yeah. like, oh my you know, god, holograms. <laughs> it would be like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that dude was wearing 3D glasses, so I feel like he's more trustworthy. Yeah. It would be like if they asked JFK after he got shot whether or not he thought it was a conspiracy. Yeah. Or, or it, it's it's just insane to to rely on the statements of newscasters who are trying to fill in, you know, a twenty four hour news show where they don't have a lot of good information on a day and, where not a lot was happening. <laughs> on a day where here, like literally, a a day where the New York primaries were happening, uh, so all of the stories were geared towards that. And then you have all of these horrible terrorist activities, which then disrupted all of the phone communication in Manhattan. And now nobody and- knows who won those primaries anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bloomberg popped in with the mustache he was twirling, <laughs> holding a plunger, and he was like, I think I won. Well, all, of, we've the, had him- all of his opponents were on that plane. Yeah, I know. Including the guy who invented Wings. What? The TV show? That is literally true. David Angel, who, create, who oh, yeah, created Wings right. and Frasier, died on one, of the, uh, on one of the hijacked planes. The real tragedy of 9-11 is that the guy who created Wings died. You no, I think, I think the real tragedy... I think the real tragedy <laughs> is that Seth MacFarlane did not board the plane oh, that he was supposed to be on. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Go fuck yourself, you stupid bitch. I know. Seth MacFarlane uh, has to stop telling people that he was almost on that plane. Yeah, here's this. Oh, guys. Yeah, I was uh, almost died on 9-11. And uh, let me just say, uh, if I hadn't been able to do that, uh, then I would have never been able to uh, lose faith in my own show and become self-deprecating to the point that, uh, well, frankly, it's insulting to all viewers. Holy shit, every time you do a new impression, it's better than the I'm last just, one. I know, I was just stunned right there. That was, that was <laughs> that a was, great set That was fucking amazing. So, <laughs> uh, gosh, I think I was, ta- I was saying something like a lot of people 
point to these things and they use them as evidence of government com- complicity in st- either staging the attacks or uh, having something to do with him. Whereas other people will say that the government had foreknowledge of them. And this is one that, you know, holograms, <laughs> holograms crashing into the towers is way less believable than the idea that the government knew what was going to happen. How did they know they didn't just see holograms flying by? Uh, well, Gene, don't you know that all life is a hologram? 9-11 was the only thing that ever really happened. Oh. Um, but no, it's it, considering the, the the popularity of, for instance, like Pearl Harbor, the idea that FDR knew or had foreknowledge yeah. that Japan was going to attack. Um, a lot of people will say like, oh, well, obviously Bush knew about it. And because so many people in his administration were part of what was called the project for the new American century. They basically neo- wanted this to happen. Well, it actually turns out they didn't. This neoconservative think tank had a lot of ideas about how to re-strengthen America's military and a lot of other policy decisions. And they published a lot of articles and they were, you know, sent letters to, for instance, Bill Clinton uh, about how we should invade Iraq to commit uh, regime change. But there's this famous quote that goes around that's like, uh, this transformation will take a long time in the absence of some sort of revolutionary event such as a new Pearl Harbor. But what they're actually talking about is uh, um, information technology as used by the military. They're not talking about changes to um, United States policies or anything about the United States invading other countries the way that they supposedly wanted them to. I'm not defending the project for the new American century's goals uh, in, you know, strengthening America's imperialist intentions abroad in order to shore up resources but i am (laughs) well i know gene is too you're a member right yeah and you know who else is a member hologram tupac (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh man i can't believe we haven't made that connection gene gene buddy bubby hans that's great um hologram uh, tupac bubby (laughs) <laughs> I'm your white knight. Uh, but a lot of people will cite the project for the new American century and the members of the Bush administration, such as Paul Wolfowitz, uh, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, who may have had foreknowledge of the attacks and allowed them to happen in order to garner support from the American population to go on military adventures abroad. But it seems like, uh, you know, as I said with the Pearl Harbor thing, that might be more realistic Especially considering all the information that the United States government subsequently revealed they had about a lot of these hijackers. Uh, so there were, you know, multiple, multiple hijackers who entered the United States, uh, and a, a lot of them entered on either student visas or work visas or on special relationship visas. And by that I mean Saudi Arabia had a special agreement with the United States in order to ease the ability of Saudi citizens to get visas to come to the United States. It was something like you could walk into the United States embassy in um, Riyadh and the very next day you could be handed a, a, a work visa to go to the United States. And a lot of the people who 
eventually ended up hijacking the planes got these visas and there was no question about them. But the ones that did have questions about them were often from the Hamburg cell. So not Mohammed Atta, but some of the other hijackers, you know, Germany informed the United States that they had questionable ties to groups or that they had done things like traveled to Pakistan and then reported their visas lost, which was a common method of hiding the fact that you had entered Afghanistan, which uh, was considered questionable by a lot of intelligence services in the West. The um, guy sat on another guy's shoulders and then they put on a giant trench coat to get into the United States. Yeah, well, that's why that was the 20th hijacker, but... Uh, uh, but uh, but then there were all, there were all you know these... some people say there were twenty one hijackers. <laughs> yeah, twenty first hijacker was the fans who made it possible. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> but uh, but uh, but a lot of the pilot hijackers who were getting flight training all around the country were reported by some of their um, uh, flight instructors. For instance, Zacharias Musawi who was supposedly the 20th hijacker, but uh, it turns out that, you know, after we arrested all these people all around the world, he was not seriously considered uh, to be involved in this in this uh, terrorist attack, but possibly something else. He ended else. up getting off the plane with Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, he and, he and Seth MacFarlane split a motel room to save money. They both got <laughs> way too wasted the night before and missed their flight the next morning. Is it true that, one that like, the... An FBI agent lived with some of the hijackers. I'm like hearing that. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things. Like, uh, Lee, you've, you've Detective Frank Drevin <laughs> <laughs> from Police Squad. No, you've you've read a lot of JFK stuff where uh, people will be referred to as like a CIA informant. But and, it's like a guy who once talked to the FBI yeah once talked to the, the once talked to the CIA for 30 minutes about a business trip they went on, and it seems like that was. The same thing. It was a it was a Muslim in San Diego who was the landlord of two of the eventual hijackers, and he had sometimes talked with the FBI about uh, people in the community. Oh yeah, so he's technically an informant. Yeah, he, like inform them of some shit. Mm-hmm. Basically, every U.S. Muslim has worked for the CIA at some point, and Al Qaeda. Ironically, yeah, you've either been detained by the CIA or you have worked. For yeah, it turns Sometimes out that at the same time. it turns out that every member of Al Qaeda either at one time worked for the U.S. CIA or was attacking the U.S. CIA. Uh, yep. But um, yep. true. But but yeah, a, a lot of the flight uh, instructors reported some of these people as uh, having really poor performances, but they were never investigated further. Uh, however, the rumor that a lot of them would say like they were not interested in learning how to land or take off uh that that is all false that is not that is not true yeah um but uh more damning is that famous condoleezza rice testimony from the 9-11 commission uh hearings when she said that in august in late august bush received a briefing that was titled uh Osama bin Laden determined to attack United States, uh, which even mentioned using uh, commercial jets as missiles, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Almost like her famous tweet after um, he was killed, where she said, Osama bin living, but now he be dead. But yeah, yeah. The, the, in, in the recent months, as we've heard about 
from the Snowden revelations about all the things that the NSA do and the CIA and other intelligence services in the United States, um, some of which do predate 9-11, it does seem questionable that nobody really questioned the fact that these, you know, Muslims who had flight training, who couldn't speak very good English, who had connections to radical uh, and sometimes militant thinkers abroad, who Kept were pe- asking what was the best side of the World Trade Center to hit to make it collapse. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> we're spending like two to three thousand dollars in cash on first and business class seats in planes flying all around the country. Um. It's, 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 you know, people, people. Yeah. And they were using those nine eleven dollars Yeah, they were trying. It seems like there's either too much ethnic profiling or not enough ethnic profiling. Well, it's yeah. like, What's... couldn't you, like, of all the times we've ethnic profiled, why is it like the one time where they're like, a, a, you know, a bunch of terrorists, uh, three terrorists put off a um, metal detector at the airport. They're like, you know what? These guys look like terrorists, but I don't want to be racist, so I'm just gonna let them go. You know what? Your three thousand dollar ticket that you paid in ca- you paid for with cash, and the fact that you have a four inch blade on this knife in your pocket, and you're carrying mace and what looks to be a fake bomb, doesn't make me want to stop you. I'm gonna let you go on the plane, and then I'm gonna Seth do McFarlane. that, and then I'm gonna do that two more times. Ugh. Uh, so it, it, it is crazy, and I think, Lee, uh, maybe you can uh, back me up here, but if you read a lot about JFK, all of the stuff that points to a conspiracy um, actually has some sort of reasonable explanation, but by reasonable, I mean covering your ass. Yeah. All of these federal and uh, municipal and other agents and organizations who tried to do something or did not enough will often just blame somebody else and point the finger at other agents and other uh, organizations. And as they're trying to cover their ass about something that they did or didn't do, that's what leads to the to a lot of the mistaken identification of actions as conspiratorial as opposed as opposed to you know being wrong and po- sometimes possibly illegal um but yeah lee that's absolutely right i mean there's an example that's very similar to what you're talking about of um lee harvey oswald you know a couple of weeks before the assassination left a note at the fbi office of the hosty uh, of, of of Texas, yeah, uh, yeah, hosty was the FBI agent who had been interviewing um, Oswald and his wife a couple times, um, and the note was destroyed. Some people say under the direction of uh, J. Edgar Hoover himself. Now, was that note destroyed because it was like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna go do JFK. Thanks for helping, guys. <laughs> or was it just because, wow, this really makes us look like dipshits. We should get rid of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, probably the first one. <laughs> yeah, it was probably that exit those exact words. Thanks for the help. Um, so yeah, I think I, the it could have been a love letter too. Yeah, was that? Yeah, like maybe the he was in letter? love with Hosty, and he had just seen Taxi Driver, so he <laughs> thought that this would get his attention. 
<laughs> Jesus. Yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald uh, obsessed with uh, Jodie Foster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the angering things I think uh, certainly about the 9/11 Commission hearings is that the eventual conclusion is just basically like, well, mistakes were made, but we can't really punish anyone for it. We can't really point a finger and say this person did something so wrong that they should receive punitive action. But if you get caught with marijuana, you're going to jail. I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) Brian. I do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, clearly, now that we have all the facts. You allow several 9-11s to happen every day? Oh, no, no. I just meant, like, because you were saying we don't have someone to blame. But we we do have someone to blame. How did all those guys get by paying for their expensive tickets in cash, having four-inch blades on them? Obviously, the flight attendant was starstruck by the sight of Seth MacFarlane. just wasn't (laughs) focusing on these very suspicious characters. So in a way, 9-11 is Seth MacFarlane's fault. I 100% accept that as an explanation. I also 100% accept that. (laughs) <laughs> it's eerie how good that is yeah uh, mr mcfarlane i just want to say that's probably the best thing you've ever done <laughs> oh god it's certainly the most successful thing you've ever done yeah yeah it's Didn't definitely you the funniest ten? thing you've ever done <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ i went to the rhode island school of design which means i'm hilarious i can talk about where i was on 9 yeah, where were you on 9-11, Gene? Yeah, why, why don't you talk about where you were on 9-11? So, as I was saying earlier in the show, I was an RA at UC Santa Cruz. And uh, we had already been doing RA training for a week, which was basically learning how to spell women with a Y. And, <laughs> um, you know... Like, I, I'm all about culture, uh, multicultural sensitivity, but this just kind of, like, went way beyond the PC pale, you know? And so, it, this had kind of been going on for a week, and the training would be, like, we had to be up it. We had to be there Wait, at 9... Women with a Y, that's just Yemen. Yeah. Okay, that's a conspiracy. <laughs> we had to be there at, like, 9 in the morning, and it would go to, like, 4 or 5. Just, uh, sorry, Lee, you have to stop playing with your lighter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, wait, wait. So you're talking about the, the horrible injustice of the fact that you had to work from 9 to 5. You yeah, had to work from 9 to 11? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I wasn't getting paid for this job, Lee. This was just free housing. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't getting a paycheck. You were on the quiet hall, though, so you didn't have to deal with a lot and of I didn't activity. Have to really, I didn't have to really do anything. You just so, have to do with the smell of Porter College. Yeah. So on the morning of the events of 9-11, I had an aunt that lived in New York at the time, and she worked downtown. And I'd call my mom, like, hey, is Aunt Rose okay? Because I know she works downtown. And she's like, actually, we're waiting to hear from her. Uh, And then, like, I told, I remember I told, you know, Jesse and Jordan, some other fellow, I was like, I'm waiting. I don't know what happened to my aunt. Like, I'm waiting to hear if she's okay. And I think they caught, like, you know, they probably told some people, like, oh, Gene had a relative, blah, blah, blah. So then um, they had told us, like, okay, the usual meet times been pushed back an hour. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to go play video games, which is what I did. So, I played. So what were you 
Oh, what were you playing at the time? Was this a, a GameCube? A, a I PS2? had a, It was the PS2, and I had a Madden season going. And you have to understand, I had oh. I had Michael Vick, and oh. you younger listeners Vick's are not going to remember 2001. this. But yeah, Michael Vick in the 2001 version of Madden was unstoppable. I mean, he was like a 95 in speed. He had like a 98 for an arm. The, the guy was sweet missile launcher. Yeah, it was basically unfair to play with him. Uh, so anyway, I'm playing a game and there's a knock at my door and I look at the clock and it's like, I was supposed to be at the meeting like 20 minutes ago, totally lost track of time. And I look out, uh, the, the little peephole and it's my, it's one of my bosses and I'm like, oh shit. And I'm scrambling to think of an excuse. And I had already been yelled at like the previous day because I fell asleep during the title nine, uh, seminar, which a lot of the. You were jerking off during the title. Yeah, I I fell asleep during the sexual harassment seminar, which is kind of pissed, which like all the girls, female RAs had been really pissed about. Um, I had been partying the night before. So, yeah, like I was already harassing them the night before. Yeah, this was week one and I was already on thin ice. So I am like thin ice, O'Neill. I'm like, I'm starting to open the door and I'm just like, I've got it. Like, I'm like, I've got nothing, you know. I'm like George when he can't think of an excuse for him and Jerry to get out of the dinner with Elaine's dad. Can't, or, uh, sorry, with Jay Peterman. With Jay Peterman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, I remember I'm opening the door and I'm saying, what are you doing? You don't have anything. And then there's my <laughs> boss, like, and I open the door and there's my boss and she's like, hey, Gene, uh, so, oh, I, I'm sorry, I left out a small detail. At this point, my mom has already called and said, oh, Aunt Rose is fine. <laughs> she, she was, like, late to work. She didn't even get on the train. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, so I was playing video Wait, so games. The, the fact that she was late to work, just like you, saved her life is what you're saying? Yeah. I, but, <laughs> yeah, I saved my life, her life. That was the point of the story. But so, anyway, I, the door opens, and I'm seriously waiting to get, like, uh, you know, Gene, we, we're waiting for you. We started the meeting 20 minutes ago, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck's wrong with you? And so my boss goes, Gene, I, uh, I heard that you're waiting to hear from a family member who is, who might have been affected by the attacks. And I just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my Madden game is paused too at this point. Like, <laughs> why didn't they even t- turn off the no, TV? No, 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 no. The TV is pointed away from the door. Okay. So oh, you okay. can't tell it's on. And, but I'm just, I just look down kind of grimly and I'm like, yeah, still waiting to hear back. Uh, it's just like, all right, you well. You close the door. Did you go? Well, that was a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, all right, take all the time you need. You know, we're meeting right now, but you come when you're ready. And so I finished my game. I think I played one more game after that. <laughs> and then I went down and it was like, oh yeah, nice. just, just got the call. She's like, uh, so I mom get- and dad or any relatives that are listening, I am sorry Aunt Rose, if you're listening to this, I, I think my entire family has stopped listening to this show. But they yes, must have. I am a piece up. of shit. I exploited uh, Aunt Rose's potential, you know, harm, harm. <laughs> during 9-11 as an opportunity to play more Madden 2001. <laughs> I, think, I think the saving grace of that, I mean, it's bad. <laughs> Yes, it is uh, bad it, that I did that. The it's uh, grace is that I was very young when I did that, and it, I would never do something like that now. Like it's, also, it's under- sexual harassment training is bullshit, and Madden 2000 was pretty great. But but like at the time as it was happening, it 
it was impossible for you to know that it would become as big of a thing as it as it became. I mean, I had Madden? a pretty no, good feeling that we were going to... Yeah, I mean, I knew that I was going to win the Super Bowl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, with, with Moby playing the halftime show? Yeah. Moby was popular. I know. Then, I, right? still thought, I still thought it was an accident at that point. I thought the first plane was a hologram and the second plane was an accident. <laughs> and you but, thought that Janet Jackson revealing her boob was also an inside job. Yeah. I, so I remember that I like... It, this feels so blasé now, but I took in like a load of recyclable cans to the recycle center that day. <laughs> what? I don't know what I was thinking. Were you in high school? Because or were you in oh, no, I... because September 11th is Brian's birthday, and <laughs> for his birthday he got cans that he could recycle. I got 7.25 worth of cans. <laughs> uh, n- no, uh, actually, what is weird is. September 11th is my sister's birthday. I know. <laughs> oh. um, no, uh, so the, September 11th was a Tuesday, and that Friday I was scheduled to drive up to Santa Cruz with my parents to start college. So I, I, you know, was bumming around in the summer after senior year, and I told my mom I would do some, you know, errands and cleaning before I had to leave, and that was on my schedule. And I guess like after, you know, at about noon, I was just like, well. I guess it's time to go do this. You're like, man, this would be a great time to take in the cans. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, no line. <laughs> there wasn't, and I even and I and the dude who was doing it just had a little TV, and all I remember is us just being like, "Yeah, it's crazy." Okay, well, here's your receipt. You can take it in to get the money. Like, he was like, "All right, have a good day." As the world changes for the rest of your life. Um, yeah, but, I think but, that the message yeah, is... Yeah, it was so weird because that just seemed like such a regular activity. And whenever I think back on that day, yeah, I was just doing a normal person's thing. Whenever you think back on the day, you get a boner. Well, yeah. So, I mean, in the end, I a lot of the conspiratorial thinking about 9-11 is just absolutely offensive and insulting and ridiculous. But at the same time, so much of it is understandable because it was such a but at heinous... the same time, isn't it all true? Yeah. yeah. At the same time, yep. Controlled demolition with holograms. So uh, we're going to round this up? We're going to round it up? Yeah, that's that's what I'm uh, I'm getting to. It, yeah, he it, was trying to do that. It, it, there was an interruption, though. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, with all this conspiratorial thinking, a lot of it is offensive. But at the same time, it was such a spectacular and unprecedented type of event, especially in the United States, uh, that it does seem to make sense that people like a legitimate explanation is 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 we're left wanting a, a legitimate explanation. And even the explanations that we have and that we were able to produce and that our government was able to produce just aren't as fulfilling as believing there's something more to it or there's something yeah, more the sinister. that went on with the JF with the Warren report. People still don't believe it. The majority of Americans don't believe the Warren report because it's not satisfying. Yeah. It's I've, not epic enough. I read a, um, I read a, a poll that said that one out of three Americans believe that America had something to do with nine 11, uh, which is, I mean, it took place in America, yeah, which is so. weird. I guess the other two thirds don't think that New York is part of America. <laughs> uh, but, but no, seriously, it, it is a surprising statistic to think about the number of people in this country who are left wanting for, for answers or who believe that United States was, was, you know, more 
involved than or the government was more involved than they they claim or admit to i mean i think there's still questions uh per, me personally about to what degree are intelligence services knew or did not know about certain events but uh yeah i think the hologram stuff is is silly so i'm gonna say not an inside job but lee i will ask you 9-11 inside job or no 9-11 was an inside job episode <laughs> it was an episode of inside jobs um but no i don't i think that uh terrorists attacked our towers i think that the government bungled the hell out of everything. I think it's a little weird that we were doing war games that day. I think the government lied about how much they knew that this kind of thing was possible. Um, but again, I think it's another example of it wasn't a conspiracy, but there was a cover-up. Uh, all right. And Gene, do you think 9-11 was an inside job? Brian, like you, I think the government knew that an attack was going to happen. <laughs> but... Uh, or they knew an attack was going to happen on a U.S. monument, uh, but they didn't know it was going to be the World Trade Center. Uh, that's why they had those giant springs installed on the bottom of the St. Louis Arch. Have you forgotten when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside going through a living hell. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this epic investigation of 9-11. I think we really got to the bottom of the case and decided for sure that it was holograms, controlled demolitions, and George Bush flying a crop duster that specifically committed those terrible crimes. Uh, yep. I think I think it was a really great job. Now, Lee... Lee are, exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Lee, are you do, still doing improv... Festival? Yes, Sacramento Comedy Festival, Sunday the 15th, San Francisco Improv Festival, Friday the 20th, and also Admiral Five Knackbar, aka Admiral Snackbar on Xbox Live, come reenact the Kennedy assassination with me on internet. Alright, that sounds pretty good. Well, thank you. I know this was an epic uh, and wandery series of episodes, but thank you for very much for listening to us. Just like the American experience, Brian. <laughs> epic and wandery tale. I feel, I feel like we even have, a, have to do kind of a disclaimer, because we've done a lot of terrible episodes and made horrible jokes about like the Lindbergh baby and shit like that. But, uh, none of the other, this is some shit we lived yeah, through. Yeah. None of the other conspiracies were, were about stuff that we lived through and, and, uh, possibly know people who were affected by, or were affected by ourselves. So I hope everybody knows this was all in fun and, uh, it was a terrible event and we don't mean yeah. any offense to anyone. It's also good to know that we're equally flippant and, um, in funny or and try to be funny about uh, things that happened before we were live and currently live. We are non-prejudiced in terms of making fun of horrible things. Yeah, and if you would like to tell us about another thing that we can make fun of, please follow us on Twitter at InsideJobsCast. You can always email us InsideJobsCast at gmail.com or call our hotline 413-225-1963. Really get on the boat in terms of rating us on itunes that shit is so helpful right now fucking i think malcolm gladwell is on the front page of the podcast uh page on itunes and that's just fucking unacceptable 
we need to get yeah, inside. That hairdo, what the fuck? Uh, also, the dumbness that he says every day of his fucking life. Well, everyone, I, everyone I know seems to like his shit. Yeah, ten thousand. Anyway, he, he he apparently practiced ten thousand hours at being dumb as shit. Uh, let's do a conspiracy <laughs> as to why the other people on my improv team think Malcolm Gladwell is funny. Yeah, that's an episode everyone will love. Maybe but they're <laughs> thinking he's Ian Malcolm. Oh, that could be uh, it. They're, spe- uh, they're especially uh, dinosaurs. Re- they're, they're especially remembering that scene where he's got no shirt on and he's like posed. Lying on his oh, side. Boy. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yeah, I was, uh, oh, that's what I tell him every night. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all of our episodes. We'll be back in a week with a brand new mystery to solve. Until then. Follow the funny. Yes. Until then, I think Seth MacFarlane has something to say. Uh, in, 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 until next week, uh, follow the money. Oh, here's another funny thing. So at um, <laughs> the guy who does Joe on Family Guy, he also narrates the the pre-flight whoa, video. Whoa, 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 whoa. You mean Patrick Warburton? Patrick Warburton. Yes, exactly. <laughs> David Putty of Seinfeld fame. He also talks about, uh, come in. Come in. Do you, need to, do you need to get that? I have someone's, a piss. Can we, do we pause or just keep Hang going? On. Just keep yeah. recording, but go piss. It's fine. Hey, all right. All right. Good. I Yeah, now it's, it wasn't working with you. Yeah, okay, thanks.